Do you know what this is? It's stimulating, mind-expanding, the in-thing. It's the hula hoop of the jet generation. Podcast1.com presents celebs, pop culture, fashion. No one gets to tell me not to curse. Oh, and some of that, too. This is Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Now, here's Brandy Glanville. Hey, Will. Hi, Randy. <laughs> You're back. <laughs> I am back. And you, I was how on, was Northern California? On fire. It really, li- literally it, on fire. It was. Yeah. The I fire's went up there really bad right now. To Salinas the first day to see the Steinbeck Museum. That's where I was born. Really? Yes. You and John Steinbeck. Yeah. Uh, I saw the Steinbeck Center and it was great. The next, I stayed in San Francisco that night with a friend. Then I went to Santa Rosa the next day to see the Charles Schultz Museum for the yeah. peanuts and all that stuff. It was great. And mm-hmm. then I stayed in Ukiah, California that day, which okay. is this, like podunk town up the 101. And yeah. uh, a lot of beer along the way. Saw a lot of cool stuff. Took the 20 over to the 5 to get up to Redding. Fire. Redding's on fire, yes. And we, there was a lot of evacuating and moving animals and rescuing oh, baby kittens. That's so and sad. I mean, of, and they're not even close to being contained. No, it's like 30-something percent yeah. right now. My grandma's house is fine, thankfully, but like it was just crazy. And she volunteers with Search and Rescue, and I injured my hip doing a whole bunch oh, of stuff. Oh, Will, so I'm you moving, were helping people. Moving slow. Helping animals more than people, but I guess people and as an mm, extension of with that. their animals. Yeah. So my vacation was uh... a work workation. <laughs> yes, a little bit of a workation. There was a Steinbeck quote I saw at the museum from a book that I was reading as I was traveling called "Travels with Charlie in Search of America." Okay. And it was, "You don't take a trip; a trip takes you." Well, that's exactly what happened. And that is what happened. So that is true. It's my vacation in a nutshell. Well, I mean, listen. At least you did some good. I'm sorry you I hurt your so. hip. No, it's so. You saw the place where I was born. I'll see the doctor on Monday. I saw the place where you were born. Yeah. I went to a bar, a brewery, like Salinas Brewing or something, mm-hmm. right after the museum. And I said, what else is there to do in town? I was going to stay you the night here. You can get some lettuce. There's a lot of lettuce yeah. in Salinas. I was like, what else should I do here? I was going to stay the night here and then go to Santa Rosa. And she said, honestly, go to San Francisco. <laughs> that was no, like, so, yeah. okay, so I yeah, texted my friend, and she was free, and we hung out. Yeah, We used to go to Salinas all the time because my grandparents lived there, and my grandpa was a lettuce inspector after he got out of the a army. lettuce inspector. That's why I know about the lettuce. Lettuce inspector. Yes, and so okay. I was born there. My parents were raised there as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's in th- that's not that interesting. But, oh, you want to hear what happened to me? <laughs> yes. I fell down the stairs. Oh, so we were both hurt. Yep. Great. I, um, br- the bridge came out of the back of my mouth. It just came out while I was eating milk duds, which whatever. Never. You, um, milk duds are – I know. You have to swear them off forever. All right. They'll pull out fillings. They'll do everything. They did. And then Mason accidentally hit me in the nose with his elbow. And then – Well, your nose looks fine. Oh, and I have an eye infection from – I got these new drops and I don't know why you're know if wearing they're... like a cabbie hat and gloves? You look no, because like I was – no, I got my – um. I did some – Hand peeling pills. Okay. So you look like you're about to commit a crime in 1927. Yeah, you got the hat. There's a storehouse around the corner, so we're going to steal some some stuff from the drugstore. That's it. So nose falling down the stairs. My bridge came out of my mouth. My eye is infected. This all happened at once. In the, within the week. In the week. Okay. When uh, I was gone. Yeah. Well, you were, well, you were on look what, vacation. Look, look what happens. I go on vacation. Everything's I on fire. I fell down the stairs last night. You fall down the <laughs> stairs. Your bridge comes out. Mason elbows you in the nose. Oh. Apparently, I'm not allowed to leave Los Angeles. No. Otherwise, I, everything will get now destroyed. It's, and supposedly, now you know things happen in little groups. So yes. now it's going to be all sunshine. Now it's going to be great. And I had a great meeting earlier okay. about 
something I'll tell you about later. Sweet. So I like it's gonna all be sunshine. I just okay. have a little bit of a headache from my nose, and that's it. Right. Um. So yeah, let's get this esthetician in here. Like, this is a crazy, a crazy story. story. Like, and this just went through this this morning, the day that we're recording this. Kirsten wow. called me yesterday and was like, I have this crazy story. And I was like, honestly, if even if Brandy says no, I was like, we're going to do this because this sounds insane. I read it so, and I was like, I swear I've seen it on one of those like, snap shows. Right. But no one really got murdered. Thank God. No. Yes. But I read it wrong because I read that, that somebody did get murdered. But she was, but she was like, hiring a hitman to kill another Jail for 11 months. This is a great story. Oh my God. We have to get her in here. I'm dying. To, I'm getting the chills right now just talking about it. Okay. Let's bring her in. She's here. She's Oh, she's pretty. Brandy Glanville Unfiltered will be back in a minute. Um, you want to know why my hair looks so good Your right now? It looks great. I know. Did you get a cut? Did you get a cut? No, I didn't. I straightened it, but it, oh, okay. it's just it's getting healthier because I'm eating my sugar bear vitamins. They're, Which I tried. Th- did you like them? They're delicious. They, they're blue. I didn't think they were going to be so blue. I thought they were going to be multiple colors. It's just a one color. Blue, and they but come they in look, a little teddy bear jar. It looks like, like Candy. Care Bears. It does. You know, the fuzzy thing. And or I was like, like the little honey the bear. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it comes in a like little, a little bear jar. Bear. And They're they delicious. taste, it's like that vitamin you want. I it would definitely eat way too many of them. Because <laughs> every time I walk two, by my I desk, think, I'm like a, a handful. Of, yeah. But look at my hair. It looks You're great. jacked. Your hair is going to be like, I mean, It's the number one sell, hair selling vitamin on Amazon. Oh. So it literally it has the best reviews. Lots tons of, of reviews. them. Yeah. So. Which I trust. I don't buy something. Right. If it's cheap and the reviews are like half. I only right. buy it if it's high reviews. I mean, this has like a ton of vitamin A, a ton of vitamin C, B12, everything you need for beautiful, glowing hair. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it tastes good too. And skin too. Oh, yeah. It's helping my nails grow. I yep. took my nails, acrylics skin, off and they're, they're coming together. Right. Oh, don't look. I mean, this is going to take a while. but It's fine. It's, they're coming together. I just, my nails are looking stronger. Yeah. yeah. Well, after You've only had them a couple times. I just had two and all of a sudden I feel like I was ready to like be the Hulk. So, well, if you want beautiful hair like myself and Will, then you need to go to <laughs> sugarbearhair.com slash brandy for beautiful hair and a healthier you. That's sugarbearhair.com slash brandy. Sugarbearhair.com slash brandy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. I'm sitting here with um, celebrity esthetician slash... I don't even know what to say. I mean, you, you're not a criminal, but you went to jail Presumed for... Presumed murderous. Presumed... Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don DeLuise. Welcome to my pod. Now... Thank you. I was reading your story this morning, and... I was just in shock that this could even happen. I feel like I might have watched it on TV. Did they make a parody of it, like on one of those reels or something? Well, 2020 made a parody of it, and it was okay. sort of lampooned by TMZ. So I'm not surprised that you got to hear the more salacious yeah. part of it all, you know? Oh, my God. So let's start from the very beginning. Okay. Okay. So you were a celebrity esthetician here in Los Angeles. Yes, I was. Correct. And you had Jennifer Aniston and a lot of different clients, celebrity clients. I did. And... You got thrown in jail for supposedly hiring two hitmen to take out a competitive, a competing esthetician. Yes. Right. <laughs> you got it right so far. What the hell? <laughs> and then you were thrown in jail yep, yep. for 11 months. And why on earth were you in solitary confinement? And for 11 months because I was refusing initial plea deals when the police realized their mistake in arresting me. 
Oh, wow. I was not going to cop to any kind of felony. I was going to no. either be returned to society as an innocent person or go through a trial and yeah. have the same result. So I would probably, that, that would be why. me 100%. I'm so stubborn. I'm like, nope, it's got to be the right thing. Well, you're refreshing. No one says that, but I believe that about you. So, no, I mean, you, I, I'm just, but it doesn't always help me. That's just saying. You were there for 11 months. Yes. It might not have been the best idea, but I. I You'd have been I, my cellmate. I respect, <laughs> right. I respect your decision, but I know my. We sometimes make decisions because we want – we know we're right and we're stubborn and we want things made right. But yes. unfortunately, the system doesn't care about us. No. So tell no. me in your words, like how did this all just get started? I had a neighboring business owner who would recently moved in near, next door to me. But I'd had a history of problems with him going back to 2000 where he had followed me to other locations and had started bothering my clientele. So by the time I hear, hear him hammering and opening a new clinic next door, I started to think, oh, here we go again. Like right? bothering, like trying to get your customers. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, and had been chased off of the property back then by our landlord and so on. So when I see him, I know it can't – in a city it's this big. Good. No. Right. <laughs> right next door to me. So at the same time though – um, ex-bling ring leader Nick Prugo crossed my you path. What's crazy is my agent represented he represented him uh, for. I, told, I, I swear I to God, I'm like, why on earth? Like he's not a good I guy. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh, okay, that's on you, boo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a character I'm telling you. But based on Shankman and my publicist and myself deciding we wanted to try and help put him on the straight and narrow, we began to shop him around. So this is when companies. he was already with my agent and yes. he was like all supposedly great and wonderful and had, yep. you know, no more criminal history. Right. I mean, no more criminal things coming up. And the Bling Ring movie was out around then. So right, he wanted exactly. to capitalize on That's that. That's why my agent took him on. Right. And everywhere we go, it was a parade of, you know, celebrity photos with him and what we felt we could do was find a niche and get him a show that could be redemptive in nature, you know, some real hot, kind of sexy, high-end heist show where at the end he's the narrator that tells you how to protect your belongings better from people like himself. Right. <laughs> he would know <laughs> right? best. So I'm shopping him around. We were getting a lot of positive feedback. He's coming to me, meanwhile, for facial treatments. Now, bear in mind, it's at the same time that this nemesis moves in next door. So everything was fine up until he introduces me to another client named Edward Feinstein, who I knew very little about, and they were getting facials together. Well, the racket was so loud next door with this guy banging on the walls that I began to explain, oh, gee, you know, I've had this problem. That opened the door, unbeknownst to me, to laying the groundwork for stockings because I had no idea what Feinstein was all about. Right. And it would start very slowly where they would leave after their facials and say, you know what? I walked by your car in the back parking lot and he was leaning up against it and smoking this, this character. Right, right. And then I'd go home that night. My tires would be slashed when I'd go to my car. So it started out very subtly. And then it would be I – mean, That's um, not that subtle. I mean – Not subtle. And what's not – Oh, yes, it is compared to the okay, whole. <laughs> because the tire slashing. That's, yes, yeah. right. I guess in that perspective yeah. to the normal but, person. So it was the so. guy next door to you, not the, not the kids, not the – Well, they tried to say it was. See, they were oh, the ones that said we saw him up. leaning. Yes. And then I said, thanks for telling me. I'm going to keep an eye out. He doesn't belong near my car. Then I go a few hours later to leave and there's a flash tire, which I, I didn't connect because I thought it was a flash tire from rolling over a nail. Right. It took – a few occurrences like that of the flash slash tires where I said, wait a minute, I'm remembering what Feinstein and Prugo told me and I don't know what I'm going to do. 
here's the irony. Around this same time, there are legitimate – around this same time, there are other business owners in the building that are saying this man, you know, the, the right. neighboring business owner, is coming around handing out his card saying – don't go to Dawn for facials. Come to me instead. So I'm getting authentic feedback from normal. Right. Much like I did back in early 2000 right. when this was happening. It's kind of like he was slightly obsessed with you. Who moves in next door? I, I, that That is a little bit yeah. – I mean especially if you're a smart business person, you don't want to have the same businesses right next to each other. Well, see, he catered to them mainly exclusively to the gay male clientele, which also made me wonder why he had an interest in my clients. Well, because they're celebrities. Well, yeah, but I don't do anal butt bleaching and things like this. And so I, <laughs> I figured oh, he should be maybe stalking someone. Well, girls his, do it too now, unfortunately. I, I kind of do. I did it once. It was not funny. I, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Oh, my goodness. That's hysterical. Well, maybe that is why he but, come to but, think but of people it. people get celebrity obsessed, you I know? So. And I think that that – Seems why else would he do this? Well, when 2020 came and knocking after I was in jail and he was forced to fess up as to why he was following me, he said, "Well, I just figure this little niche over here is successful because there were some hairstylists around. I wanted to be a part of that journey, so that's his. That was so he just he wanted did. to be next door to you because the area was successful. Well, wherever I went, I happened to be successful, but he uses that as an excuse of, well, that's right. why I'm here right now. That's called stalking. So I already ha- exactly. I, so, so you can see the easy jump yeah. for me to believe that he's now behind the thing. The right, and there, so you're getting you're getting stalked by this person, and you're getting bamboozled by these two kids that are ch- going to eventually try to probably get money from you. I don't know. Yes. Go on. No, you're right. And I'll tell yeah. you what. If somebody was to say, well, why in the world would they do that if you're managing Nick Pergo's career? Right around that time, I dropped him because he was violating terms of his parole he was doing drugs. He was. I don't think he's with my agent anymore either. I'm not sure. Oh, but... I'm sure he's not. Oh, I'm oh, probably I don't know. sure. Okay. Yeah, I should have asked. Oh, I should have asked. <laughs> <laughs> if he was, he won't be now. No. Um, in, and what happened is that we had pretty much gotten him a deal with a production company. It was really, really going to be great. And he reached a point where he decided – he woke up one day and he's now Tom Cruise. I don't get out of bed if they don't send the limo. I don't get out of bed if they don't send champagne. They better pay me. I don't want to do anything before 11 o'clock in the morning. And myself and Shankman and the publicist were tap dancing trying to get him up Because the one movie went to his head. The fame went the to his head went to and he thought head. he was everything. And the major suck-up that would occur when you'd go to places like Seacrest um, Productions and all and they was would he all in he, I think he might have been in here. He was. Yes. I, only figured that out and I don't know when though. Oh my god, it was a long time ago because Alec would send me his clients and I remember now talking to him about the movie. Right. <gasps> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Six degrees of separation. I a know, lot of people have so stumbled crazy. over them. I know. I'm so sorry. No, that's quite all right. So I had dropped him. I just said I cannot deal with this. I put him off on the publicist and the um and the agent and said he's got a deal you work it through. Well, little did I know he was dropped shortly thereafter by them. Yet Feinstein's still coming to me for facials. He asks if he can begin to bring Nick because Nick's skin had started to improve. But I said, well, then you're going to have to pay for him. I really don't want him here. But, you know, let bygones be bygones. Maybe he'll straighten up and get back on track. Right. So it was then that, oh, we saw him leaning against your car. There was this okay. animosity. Right. So they wanted, they wanted a little bit of payback because you dropped him because he couldn't. Correct. Right. Right. Ah, oh, okay. So it's a perfect storm. This it, guy it moving really, in who's stalker I mean, not, qualities. Not in a good way. In not the, in a, yeah. the worst in a possible. Way. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. And right. so then 
They, they, did they come to you and ask for money? What did they do? Well, no, they maintained being clients because they wanted to, you know, you keep your enemies close and yeah. Your, yeah, yeah. your friends close and your, your enemies, enemies closer. closer. And so um, they continued to report shenanigans allegedly that were going on with this character next door. And meanwhile, you know, poking and prodding to see how I felt about it. And I began to feel menaced and threatened. Right. Um, then one day, I think the first real bad incident that occurred were when, um, no, texts started. My phone. We'd, I was starting to get texts from phone numbers I didn't recognize with real strange area codes. Hi, is this Dawn? You know, they were kind of benign. Yeah. I wouldn't respond. But then it would get, um, I'm, re- I'm, I'm just texting you back. I heard from you yesterday to where it was starting to be weird. Meanwhile, now Feinstein would come alone and had really befriended me. He would call me at home. How are you doing? Anything I can do to help? So I began to relay these sort of things. I swear, to him. I've seen this on TV. Like, I've seen this reenactment on TV. I know I have, but go on. Probably. Yes, I'm, I'm sure, sure I have. I'm sure. I and love those shows anyway. <laughs> <laughs> too, quite, quite frankly. <laughs> and so um, I would tell him what would be going on, even when it began to escalate. When the text became more threatening, a picture of the townhouse I lived in. Um, you left your fireplace on today, and I would think, well, I'm in a secure building. How do you know I have a fireplace? And no, I didn't leave it on. And um, pictures of the Grim Reaper, uh, pictures of my make, model, and year Lexus, but all damaged and destroyed like it had been on, in a tragic accident. Are you afraid now? Um, I'm going to be waiting for you when you what, get home. Did you call the cops at oh, this point? Oh, of course point? I did. Yeah, okay. I um, Cause that's, From day one, I, right. st- I started going in, actually, more so I want to sit down, make a complaint, give specifics. The phone calls only started when they told me to stop bother coming in because they couldn't help me, which happened after four or five visits. Wow. Because what it came down to is everything that began to occur to me was either through my phone or something I didn't witness, like it's the flash. Right. right. So they can't really – I mean, the it? threats on know. the phone, maybe they could do something about now because we have that technology, but – well, that's true, but then there were flyers blowing in the wind down Santa Monica Boulevard late one night in October when it was dark, all up and down the street with my face photoshopped onto a naked woman with her legs spread having penetration. My phone number, my business address, stopped by, first time is Free Boys. That was the first incident. And I didn't see this. I was home. My business partner spotted them when she was leaving later and said, oh, Dawn, this is terrible. Me and another person in our building picked all these flyers up and threw them away. And then she said to me, but at the same time, I saw, you know, this neighbor kind of skulking around by the back dumpster when we threw the photos away. So she's not making this up. Right, You've you got this her, character right. yeah. who's already got his eye on me from back right. in the early 2000s. Right, he's 2000. got his own reasons for yes. stalking you. So, you know, that was the first thing that happened that really concerned me. And I took a flyer in the next day into the sheriff's department in North Hollywood, closer to my home, which began a finger-pointing exchange with the sheriff's department in West Hollywood, who had jurisdiction over where I worked, and the stalkings that were taking place in North Hollywood near where I lived. Right. So, um, but I did all I could do with little advice other than the things that you could never do, Brandy. Why don't you move your business? Right. Why don't you move? It's just so easy to pick Change up Change your phone over. number. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, stop doing skincare. Get another job. I mean, right. I heard things that were so implausible but made me look like I wasn't out to help myself right. if I wasn't doing it. So then it really got bad. Um, and there was a point where it had to have been 16 hours a day that there were either texts coming in, phone calls. When I say fast food deliveries we didn't order, it sounds like a high school prank that's silly. 
But when there's a man standing on your doorstep at home at 10.30 in the night in the rain, a little older Asian man who has stayed late at his sushi place for the $270 order of sushi that I supposedly ordered for a party, and I open the door to him and say, I didn't order it, that's not a person who goes away easily. No, and he's not going to be happy. He's going to be a very angry person who wants it and to. I'm devastated. Right. I'm the type who wished I had the money to give him. Right, it was so course. sad. And then even as I'm dealing with him, I'm going, oh, no, here comes a Papa John's guy with four giant, giant pizzas so it and then it started at work so between myself and my business owner who was a hairstylist we weren't getting anything done and at a certain point these things would overlap we're dealing with the fast food people our phones are ringing off the hook and then here comes these strange men just walking right in and res- with their phones out in response to grinder ads that there were hand jobs being offered upstairs by me we couldn't catch a break. We couldn't breathe. It was like the Central cops Station. could not do anything about this. Because I, it, it's really, really shocking. I know. I know. Um, there's rules that need to change about then and can, but they have to be voted in. It takes bureaucracy. It takes time. Um, but for the most part, it comes down to this. One sheriff deputy even said to me, well, if you can be your own best advocate, go hire a private eye. Find out who's behind it. Start, you know, tracing these url addresses on the internet if you do all the work and you say here's who did it and we can prove it we arrest him and throw him in jail within 20 minutes but you see these stalkers were also very clever they didn't leave a lot of these ads up long on craigslist they took them down before anyone could get like a screenshot right but not without me having people showing up at my apartment once that started ads were being run that i had a room for rent but then it would say i don't like the n-word I don't like, but it would be printed, right? And then I would get phone calls from people that would say, well, I don't like them either. I'll rent the room. But then I got something from a text from a woman who said she worked for the NAACP and was very offended by what I had written. Well, I learned that even those respondents were the stalkers. So everywhere I turned when I thought I was being assailed or insulted or threatened or whatever it might be was all generated by them. So the ads on Craigslist always said I was hosting sex parties and all these pictures of my face photoshopped onto naked bodies. Here's the address. Bring friends with you. The more the merrier. Here's exactly where I'm located. Now, I'm home and I'm watching American Horror Story of all things. And I don't know these ads when are you're out living there. it. I'm living it. Yeah, it's my American Horror Story. And I'm hearing knocks at the door, and I'm looking through the people, and I don't know who they are. And they're looking at their phone. So um, I would just yell through the door. I don't know who you are. Go away. Well, because they're being led there, obviously, by yeah. Feinstein, by the phone, they're texting, what do you mean? You just told me, oh, no, I didn't mean go away. I meant you got to try to break the door down because I'm yelling go away, and they're trying to push their way in. And this is a real secure – it would be almost easier to walk – for someone to walk in the building and walk in here to you than it was to get that far to my front door. So I didn't know what was going on. Well, th- I learned later on they had constructed a rope that hung down into the next parking building, which gave access to a courtyard that was very private to our, our units. And um, this rope had the, the little things every could, few yeah. feet. Yeah. So like that was all part of the fantasy that was being posted on Craigslist. But where I really lost it was when um, an ad popped up about rape fantasy that I knew nothing about. That's so which break down the door and everything, and then they were pounding on the door, and I was just overwhelmed and assaulted by this day and night 
didn't know what to do, had been able to keep it from my clients. Believe it or not, I would be giving a facial and I kept the door locked because you could walk inside my little salon and see my hairstylist. You'd go up an interior stairs and there'd be a door leading to my facial room. So they would walk right by her. They'd walk in the front door, go up the stairs, and all of a sudden I'd see the knob jingle. But I had locked it. So I'd excuse myself from the client, go out on the landing, and sure enough, looking for the hand job or whatever in the world it might be. And I'd have to take a minute or two or get rid of him, and then three or four more would come up the stairs. Right. So it was affecting your business at this point. Very much. Plus my partners. Right. Because she tried to keep them from going up the stairs. And soon people were saying, um, what's going on? This is weird, right? Right. So meanwhile, going to the cops, all of this, meanwhile, telling Feinstein and Prugo. And I, because I was getting nowhere with the police, the straw that broke the camel's back for me where I literally thought I'm going to go crazy is when my two girls started. To, you're, you're a mother. Imagine. Yes. That's the one thing where mom, someone is sending me these texts and mom, I got this terrible email. and They didn't live with you? At, no, they didn't. Okay. Not at the time. They yeah, lived okay. with my ex-husband. We, okay. we were all well, within good, a real – Because he had a guest house out back, so they lived there. They were – in their early 20s, so they're not little. Yeah, they're grown. They're grown women, sort of, but always your babies. But yeah, of course. And so um, I didn't live that far. And in one case, what really offended me, the little things offended me, um, somehow they'd gotten a picture of my daughter when she was about 12 from one of her social media pages with her little pigtails having a threesome with these men. And um, it said things like, um, my mom is teaching us to be whores like her. We love having incest with her. Sending that stuff to my kids. And um, I would go. I would. I would probably murder someone at that. Point I know. If that's I knew when my murderous murder. text started, <laughs> I that's, will kill yes, you. Yes. Yes. Like because, I say that. Not to digress, but meanwhile, Feinstein's fanning the flames. Don't you want to just kill Suarez? You want me to throw a brick through his window? Do you want me to follow him home one night? No, please don't. For one reason. It's going to point right at me. The guy's next right. door. I think he's stalking me. And now you throw a brick through the window. Times yes. complaining about him, so then yes. it's going to look completely like you. No. Do I want that done to? Oh, beyond that, I want somebody to. I want to get a gun, and you know, these are right. the texts. I, I would get a if gun. That's really, yeah, exactly. If yes. that's really the killer, of course you you have these um, fantasies, but you're not going to. I mean, no matter what, you're not going right. to do that. No, you're not, because you know you're just so enraged and furious. You want someone to say, "I think I have an idea of how I can help." Well, yeah. no one did. I didn't have a husband, a boyfriend, a brother, an uncle, anyone who would say, "Well, let me stay overnight and see." And it wouldn't have mattered. It all comes through the internet, and at the end of the day, even these Craigslist men are the victims too. When you yeah, think absolutely. about it, if they're going looking for some bizarre deviant sex on the internet, it's not for me to say, "How dare yeah, you?" you no judgment here. The people, <laughs> right? whatever gets you off, but I, it took it's a while to realize scary. that because when they're yeah. really at your door, all you know is I don't know him, and he's trying to break the door down. Right. So when I realized that, it took a, the level down a little bit of my fear. But that's when things got worse because I would tell Feinstein these men are victims too. And, you know, the next thing you know, it would become more malicious or more malevolent in some way. I just didn't know what to do, so it became the texts. I'm going to buy a gun. I'm going to do this. I wish he – maybe I'll lure him to my apartment. How am I going to lure Suarez, who I don't even talk to? But you're not thinking. No, but, but you're, you're at your wit's end. Of course, right. you're like thinking no one's going to help me. I'm in this by myself. I This is my right. last resort. I have to protect myself. And around that time, my girls were saying, Mom, we don't want to be around you. Yeah, oh, my God. Because th- people around you probably started to think you were going crazy. No, by proxy, everybody thought they were going to get stalked. If oh, they okay. talked to me, like if I had known you then, Oop. guaranteed, you know, at some point something weird would happen. Because they, they managed to get to anyone, which is another that thing is that surprises so... me. Well, look at who you're you dealing know. with. Well, that's true. They broke into Paris' as a house, Lindsay's house, and they got true. to every celebrity with gates that's and true. codes and 
Yeah. Well, during that time, you might have even still been on the Housewives when, what's her name, Kim? What was the Kim? Kim. I think that was the one that was Kyle's sister. Yeah, she's Kyle's sister. Something was going on at the, in the fall of 2013 at the Beverly Hills Hotel that they went to, the two two schmucks. And um, they talked to me about, about it the next day about Kim being um, somewhat nerberated and having dropped her purse on the ground and then picking it up for her saying, we'll hold on to it for you while you go to the bathroom. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of weird, but anything random like that could happen in this town because I didn't know they were stalking me then. But then she comes out and he says, oh, we gave her her purse and everything was fine. And when this started to happen, I actually told my attorney, I think there might some be other people that have – where personal information has been made privy to them. Because right. given how they are now, who knows right. what they really did with that purse while she was in the bathroom. Stories like this would come my way where when I had that aha moment, which didn't take place – Till I was behind jail, I began to think a little bit deeper. Well, just for the record, Kim things. was at the Beverly Hills Hotel. She's still a close friend of mine, uh-huh. and she wasn't inebriated. But they, she had a, an argument with security. But it, they're very strict there. So I just want to say, do you straight. remember anything about her person? I don't remember her hands? talking about her purse at oh, all. Okay. But I just remember the incident. But and bear in mind, I'm getting it from them. Yes, I of course. I wouldn't no, know if I ran into yeah. her. So. Um, that's interesting, yeah, though, because I, I worried for her. I mean, my immediate thought was always for anyone that I started to suspect or heard like were still being stalked. Maybe they're going to follow her home. Or, like, yeah, you just wonder if – yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know anything. And we shouldn't have to worry about no. things like that when we're out in public. No, so, you know, no. this is ultimately what happened is I had a, a sort of friend. I mean, I didn't know him well at all. We knew each other on social media. We would met twice in a bar up in Big Bear, this guy who used to play for the Detroit Lions. And I thought, oh, he's a perfect person to throw under the bus. You know, it, it meant absolutely nothing. I started texting and saying, maybe I will get my friend, Chris Guiley, this ex-NFL football player who's six foot nine or whatever, um, to take this guy out for me. Maybe I'll, you know, I'm, this is who I'm going to use. Yeah, I got a plan here. Real cavalier. Saying to Feinstein, I think this will work and this will at least get – rile the guy up next door. Meanwhile, um, Chris Kiley doesn't know I'm doing any of this. The poor <laughs> You're just guy. like thinking That's about it. You're like fantasizing show. about it. Right, right. And then it would be – but here's the real interesting thing, Brandy, is these weren't threads. Were, they were malicious. And within the context of that exact same text, it would say, ha ha, just kidding. I'm so fed up. I just wish I could make it stop. Every right. text ended with a bit of a disclaimer saying, do you have any ideas? I'm at my wit's end. Right. But that's not what got me arrested was the piecemeal, the cut and paste of right, those right, texts right, right. which made their way to this one sheriff de- detective. So um, I had no idea why at 7.30 in the morning on March 5th, Wednesday, 2014, I woke to a banging on the door and I went downstairs and opened the door, and there's seven of the sheriff deputies with those weird-looking clear shields and the hazmat-looking vests Because the they really need that for one, for one woman. The guns and everything. I, w- I was frozen. I mean, I literally understand now what that feels like when the blood runs out of you and you're freezing cold even yeah, when it's I, not cold. I, and you just, you know, your heart isn't even beating. And um, he... It, he had to say to me, this lead investigator, who, by the way, I should digress just to say I finally – I had located him 10 days before the arrest. He was going to start helping me. He was going to begin investigating. Oh I finally found someone. And yet it began to be a little bit odd because he didn't seem truly vested in the case. I don't know where to start. Have you at least traced any of the URL addresses on your own, he asked me. Then he came to me and it said my boss is to where the point where he's going to make me give this case up. If you can't tell me the names of people that have seen some of these instances, no picking up a flyer on the sidewalk, 
well, at this point, I tell Ed Feinstein, I tell two of my other good friends, they need to see something. And I don't have any witnesses. Can we help in any way? Because these were the three that heard me crying all the time. Can we help in any way? And I said, yes, yes, you can. I specifically was sending emails to Ed Feinstein. Yes, you can. What do you want me to say that I saw? Say you're the one that saw the lewd placemats that were put on my parking. I had a private parking space, right. and they were putting C-U-N-T on it and things. I said, say you saw that. He goes, well, that's easy to say, easy to say because I did drive by one night and see them. Remember I told you that, Dawn? This weird thing's going on. And I said, you're probably not going to hear from this police officer, but on the, in the event that you do – Tell them what you saw or tell them what I've shown you or, or tell, tell them, them what, what I've heard. tell them what you told me. Yes. Bear in mind, there was a certain point where Edward Feinstein had even walked into my clinic holding a loot flyer and told me he was hand- handed it by the guy next door. So I'm not – this isn't such a big jump where he's concerned. Right. And that's where the arresting officer said to me on March 5th, do you know why I'm here? Well, I don't think you tell that to an average criminal who says, what was it, the carjacking or was it the mugging or was it the murder, right? <laughs> Let me think. Let me think. What hmm. was it I did most recently that you might have caught me at? But I said, did you, I did know. you know – so you didn't know the I man no had idea. been murdered? murdered. Oh, no one was murdered. Oh, no one was no, murdered. No one was ever murdered. No one. I, the man didn't oh. even know. Didn't even know I was being stalked. It was the texting threat. Okay, so it was. So it was just like no the, murder. Oh my god. No gun purchased. No plot. No hitman. No nothing. I get arrested because he says to me, "I'm here because of Chris Kiley." And I thought, I didn't understand. It wasn't until later on that I realized he hadn't even done so much as to phone Chris Guiley. He had only spoken to one human being over the weekend, and it was Edward Feinstein, who had said, um, well, there's some things you should know. Now, Brandy, follow this if you will. Ed Feinstein lived directly behind the Four Seasons in a condo. My daughter, young people, you know they're smarter than us in figuring out anything, had traced a URL address to her with a lewd flyer and had gotten the coordinates and had printed something out and said, Mom, I don't know what this technically means, but that's where the person is. And Officer McCulley had said to me, it's somewhere behind the Four Seasons. And I had said to Edward Feinstein, just days before my arrest, you live back – I'm so ignorant. You live back there, don't you? Oh, my God. Could could my nemesis have moved into your same building? I don't know what's going on. So when – McCulley comes um, comes talking to Edward Feinstein when the sheriff deputy goes to talk to him. He says, there's something you should know. She used to come to my home in the evening and use my laptop to stalk herself. That is literally, I (laughs) was denigrating my children on social media. I was slashing my own tires. I was ruining my own business with all these fast food orders. And that was in the police report. You couldn't put this into any kind of fiction movie or book where anyone would think. You should. Because, yeah, well, they say stranger than fiction, but it's so implausible that an arrest warrant is based on that, Brandy, is that these are the things she was doing to herself. I didn't even know. I mean, I felt like it was an out-of-body experience. You've got to be kidding me. This is the worst thing that could happen. So, um, and you were planning to kill, by the way. And he said, he said, Einstein had said, has bought a gun. Um, This man has less than 48 hours to live. Uh, She's had this plot in place for some time. You better arrest her or he'll be dead before you know it. Now, he had – I didn't know this. I didn't realize this. But while he was wearing the mask of my stalker, Edward Feinstein was calling my landlord 
and saying I was hosting sex parties, you should arrest her. He tried three or four times so to get me arrested. So this is all because of the guy, because you dropped the guy. Because I dropped Nick, Nick Prugo. Yes. And were they, I mean, they're just they friends. Were still are friends. they lovers? Are they? Oh, well, they weren't. Everybody wondered about that. It was very odd. It was a real um like How do you take on so, so much for someone else like that? I mean, it goes so far. You Well, I'll tell you why. I learned Edward Feinstein had been in prison before. As a matter of fact, that's where he met Nick Prugo. They met in the gay tranny section, which is a special area, and it's smaller. So there's not a thousand people in the same room hmm. where he was enamored with the fact that he was behind bars with the bling ring, bling right. ring perpetrator, which at that time he was incarcerated because of that crime. Right. That they got to know each other. And it's called the cost of doing business. All of these men end up in jail for a, a minute now and then, and they just recruit. So-and-so over there is really good at forgery, and you're really good at you know carjacking, and you're really good at embezzlement, and you're great at stalking. And they come out, and they're empowered. They have a new little posse. Yeah, exactly. And so that is frightening. that's the answer to your question. What in the world did they have on each other? Why were they hanging out? Right. I ultimately, way down the road, Brandy, is where the picture became clearer after everything I went through. I wasn't the only one being stalked by them. There were several other business owners, and, and they had um, – Feinstein in particular had spent time in jail for a woman that but, he had wait, stalked. Backtrack for a second. So they took you to jail. Right. And you're sitting in jail, and then how, how does all of this information come about? Just Brandy, say allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I could give you one sentence, which I won't, that makes – Everything that happened to me pale into comparison as to something that I didn't learn till the end of 2016 when a production team from the UK was out here doing a documentary on my ordeal and I discovered something that I heard in court. And it makes you go back to everything that happened. And it's a huge reveal where you say, whoa, I got it. Wait a minute. Start over again, Dawn. Now that I know this, like the movie The Sixth Sense. Remember? Yes, of course. At the end, he's a ghost. Now that I know this – Holy it all crap. it all just fell into place. Fell into You're place. like, oh wow! Yeah. I should if if I had known that, like everything would have made everything, sense. Everything, including my arrest, every little detail, but it was all, strategically all plotted in a way. You gave up a client, it, right? Just I know. Trying to ruin someone's life like that. Well, it became a bit of a perfect storm because um, one thing I tell people is um, I was targeted by Feinstein and Prugo. I was victimized by the justice system. I was victimized by the sheriffs that take a um, vow to protect and serve, that are supposed to be there to um, not shoot first and ask questions right. later. There's no such thing. Most people have never heard of anyone ending up in jail where there's not some investigation. Right. Even if it's just watching a drug deal on the street, that's enough to arrest them. But um, secondhand information where someone it's says, say, right. you know, I say, well, Brandy's got a gun in her purse, and you walk out of here and they have their guns drawn on you. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of a situation like that where you don't vet your source, number one. You, you can't – I mean you see all these things where people have to get warrants and they have to know. It just doesn't – Right. doesn't. It doesn't add up. I mean I feel like my brother's a cop, so I will say I love him and everything. But <laughs> the police these days, I, yeah, they are lazy. My house got broken into. It took them three days to have a fingerprint person come over and take fingerprints. Mike – my wow. entire everything was trashed in my bedroom and there was i have glass you know um dressers uh-huh three days i said just don't go in that room i go well that's where i fucking sleep like how am i not going to go in that room and what were they doing instead of what were they doing with exactly. those three days I'm like, okay and then oh, they came no. out and they really didn't do much they go it's just a snatch and grab it was quick you're fine we're never gonna like they just wrote it down and i'm like yes they just don't care and 
And my brother is one that does care, so there mm-hmm. are good ones. But I feel like they have gotten so lazy when right. when Your brother probably has stories he could share with you and would agree with you yeah, to an I extent. Mean, about but they need certain. to be more proactive. They need to be. It's just, right. it's, you know, we need to do something about it. But we're having enough problems in the world as it is. But. Right, right, right. And even when I had my jurists, um, that was interesting. It was racially diverse, but my minorities primarily, who um, when they learned that the lead investigating person on the case was a police officer, felt they couldn't make an impartial decision because they knew they wouldn't trust him right off. And they gave specific reasons why, much like what you just said. Yeah. So – um, I think that this – my whole ordeal really shines a spotlight on – I want to say um, a few things. Um, there's reasons why I, that I can't get into. It's a Black Lives Matter case. It's also Me Too, the strip searches and whatnot I, that I was subjected to, which were very humiliating in jail. And yet the fact that I was not going to double down and accept a plea deal, which right, had to be some sort wrong. of felony. I did nothing wrong. And I was going to hold myself steadfast to remaining innocent as long as I knew I laid down at night in a jail cell until I was proven so in court. And let me tell you, you're not innocent till proven guilty. They, it's an, they are equal opportunity discriminators in the jail. You're in here for a reason. And you're deprived of the following rights. Well, these days you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. Exactly. Yes. I mean, it's across the board. That's true. It, yeah. there's, it, there's, and, and, and anyone who's been there will tell you that. Yeah. And um, when I, I – was a long time. I had to fraternize with someone while I was in there. We were all in our own little cells, which were, I want to say, mm, a fourth the size of this room. And this is a small and, room. Um, we were in a, but we would be given an hour a day to go out. And um, most of the people would shower or order from the commissary. I stayed so dirty in jail with no bathing because I ran to that phone. <laughs> On the phone, trying to work my case from the inside out. What's going on? Well, who was do, who was handling it for you on the outside? Your daughters. I, I would um, well, they had to pick up my whole life. I lost right, my townhouse, course. my business, my Lexus, my pets, everything. my bank account. I lost everything, and uh, they had to scurry around and put all that together and stick it in storage. But while I was in there, I had a public defender. Oh right. Who and that didn't work out. Also, another reason. Shocker. Story story that you wouldn't believe would curl your toes. But so um, I was able to get a private Beverly Hills attorney, Jamon Hicks, who stepped up. He used to be with the Cochran Law Firm, and then now he's in private practice with Carl Douglas. And I just sort of felt like there's a dirty cop involved in this. I have a feeling I'm in really good hands. And um, everything that happened from there on out where we went to trial and whatnot um, – he just exposed. He pulled the lid off of. But it was all like a forty minutes. Forty minutes. They they went and they decided to first, decide. First and it t- that's it. And it was, it was a seventeen not- day trial. Wow. I mean, murders are four and five days. This was just throwing anything against the wall to see that it would stick. And um, that's you know so that's what happened. And I got spit out of the system as someone who had health issues, who was completely indigent, who had nowhere to go. Um, my clients had by then run for the hills. It would be one thing if I was pulled out and put back in my clinic two months later. Right. But the the, the field day the press no, the had. The stigma that goes with it as well. It's just like, oh, she's, you right. know, people, it's headline porn. They're, you mm-hmm. know, they're going to read the top and not really get into it. Right. And they're going to think, oh, oh my God, I used to go to that crazy lady for facials. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and, and where is she to defend herself? Well, she's behind bars. She wouldn't be there for almost a year if they didn't have something on her. So when I did come out, tentatively, some of them reapproached me. What happened? Um, very, the surprise is, Brandy, about who we learn in our life really has our back versus right. who we truly think does is something that the average person doesn't get the 
um, we use the word uh, joy an, of, an of finding opportunity. out. Yeah, I don't yeah, know that that's it's not. I I know exactly what you're saying. Right? There, there's this person who might just be a casual coworker of yours who writes to you every day in jail, and, and then, then there's the really person care, right. who says, "Well, I didn't want to get stalked, so I, I I know I meant well, but you know I thought about you every night, but I didn't want to put myself on the line." And you're kind of like, "I'm gonna be." Yeah. Deleting these people Thanks out of my You find out who your friends are life. real quick. When you really things, do. It's not when you're on top of the world and things are going great. It's when things are low and mm. you're hitting rock bottom and everyone's like, ooh, yikes, you know, staying away from that. Yeah. And that's when you really need the people. And I've – listen, I've been not to jail, but I've hit rock bottom and I, those people, I've cut them out of my life. And mm-hmm. you know what? Some My friendship you know, circles are smaller now and it's just – Hopefully, most people won't have to have anything like that happen mm-hmm. to them to find that out. But it's really interesting to find out who your real friends are. And it means you don't waste your life. Right. Letting those people f- In, fool right. you into thinking. They give I, two I, fucks. Right? It, I mean, it came from places you wouldn't believe. A person who had been um, my business partner, she can remain nameless, nameless. I had done so much to help. She only gave me the rent. I took care of everything, the security, everything, parking, and um, was very kind. And as soon as I got out, though, and I called her and I said, would you like to get together for coffee and hear the story? She says, yes, and I'm just so devastated by what happened. But I have to ask you, please don't come anywhere around here. I don't want to be seen talking to you. And I thought, I guess someone could, uh, there could be the person who would go, well, okay, where can we meet up? But then I was kind of like, you know what? I uh, Never mind. For, yeah, never mind. No, right. no, thank you. So it came from places like that. So when you when you were you know found not guilty, mm-hmm. they now you got a settlement from the city of Los Angeles. Uh, yes, I did. And but I'm not supposed to talk about that at okay, all. Just not, just because they're not it's, admitting it's, it's they're on, not admitting guilt. Okay, they but just, it's just yeah. in, it's in the internet. Right, I just right. something I read allegedly. Of course. <laughs> um, so it's I'm just saying it because I read it online. Right. Um, and so I mean you're kind of. What are you what What are you going to do now? Well, um, I did start my business back up. I was able to borrow against the money before I actually got it, um, and I opened another little mini salon in Salon Republic that's um, on on Wilshire. Oh, I know where at that San is. San Vicente. Most oh, people yeah, yeah, have yeah. go to go to somebody in there yeah, at one yeah, point yeah. or another, right? Because this is a familiar location, and I have a business partner, and she does microblading, and together we have this really lovely, beautiful little clinic, which is so much nicer than what I actually left behind. Right. So I try to look at everything in a way that a says lining. these are blessings. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I have that going for me. Um, I had to be warehoused by family for quite a long time, and um, I, it took a long time to get back on my feet from that. I'm still not where I mean. I, I think financially, be. emotionally, like every in every way. I don't know if most people could recover from something, right? And I even, I mean, I'm not getting into it here, but I had severe health problems that debilitated me for a few years after. Um, and so it took longer than I thought. I found things out about myself after I got out and I was like, oh no, no, I'm going to have to have all these surgeries and whatnot. So, um, it wasn't me hit the ground running. I didn't even have a car to drive around in. I mean, my right. bank account had been raided while I was in jail. I right. came out and it was in the rears because someone started buying pizzas for themselves and, you know, all this other sort of stuff. So, um, there was, when I was first let out of there, I honestly used to think, What's it like to sleep on a bus bench and where do the homeless really live and what are soup kitchens like? Because I had a lot of pride. I didn't want to fall on the sword of my, my family and my daughters. Right. And I was used to being self-sufficient for so many years and being the caretaker of others for the facials and whatnot that I couldn't 
make myself go to people and say I need right. help. Yeah, I know. It's terrifying. That. No. I don't know that that ever goes away. I'm not where I want to be yet again. Um, and the media worked so viciously against me while I was incarcerated. But I remember I thought to myself, when I get out, what will they feel when I can prove to them they were being hoodwinked? Because the number one source was Edward Feinstein. Now, did they end up – I read that they ended up saying, yes, we were stalking her. They did. They admitted to that, yes. How, how did they get them to admit to that? That's kind of amazing. Oh, oh this is where it goes down that road where you're going to get to find out stuff you won't believe that I can't talk about. But okay. let me put it this way. <laughs> you got to put it in a book, girl. <laughs> well, uh, it's going to be something other than that, but it's really fabulous. A movie, fabulous. a book. I got to see this. I but need to know. It, it, um, ultimately, and there, the media was present for that hearing, so I can tell you part of it is that um, the judge says – I don't want to go to trial with this. I'll tell you what. If you'll just say that you're guilty, I'll sentence you in a week or so. I don't even want to be here any longer because who the attorneys were, Feinstein had um, Pat uh, – no, Nick Prugo had Pat Harris and Feinstein had a woman named Tamar Armanac. Harris was Scott Peterson's attorney. So he has zero credibility with me in the first place. So when he spent a whole day with me on this witness stand and was tripping me up, it wasn't about any of the facts of the case. It was, did you get 17? We're we're, we're confused. You're lying here again. Did you get 17 texts in an hour or 33? Because back in, you know, November of 2015, you said it was 17. Now you're saying it's 33. This minutiae. They were just trying to find, like, that you. It was insane. Not something that didn't, wasn't even relevant. And the judge was just getting so fed up. So he basically said, look, I already know what I'm going to do with you too. You don't have to go to trial. Just admit guilt and I'll sentence you in two weeks. And they couldn't say yes quick enough. OK, OK, great, great. Because the penal stalk- the penal code book on stalking laws, literally I had spent a lot of time with it in my uh, jail cell, basically states that um, if you are caught with, for instance, a weapon in your hand, in, on the premises of your intended victim, seen taking their mail, seen following them, a litany of things, not bodily harm yet, you could spend up to a full year in jail. Wow. With all of that evidence. Right. Um, I was strangely running neck to neck, unbeknownst to me at the time, with Sandra Bullock. There was a prosecutor who was working on her case who knew the prosecutor on my case. And it wasn't until I got out and I looked up the facts that they found hers almost around the same time they did mine. And hers was so much worse with the person on her premises and all that. And that person got less of the sentence that mine two got by 50 hours of community service. Mine got 350. So they're not in jail, these two guys? No. No, no. They were arrested multiple times, but they were not charged, so they'd bail out. How do you feel safe knowing that they are not in jail? I mean, honestly, if they, they're mad about mm-hmm. you just quitting them as an agent, imagine how pissed they are now. Hopefully, I mean, you said you're not going to do a book, but hopefully there's a TV show or a movie mm-hmm. in the works because this is – I mean, it's so compelling. It and, I, you know, yeah. I've had – stalkers but not not anywhere near that i mean they were actually friendly people but they were like i would say kind of obsessed fans a little bit like right. leave things on my doorstep before i had a gate mm-hmm. and like just come by and knock on the door i just want to meet like and it was so scary because i did have two little kids that lived mm-hmm. with me so that's when i'm like i need a gate no matter what like i can't i right. can't just it's unfortunate but nothing to that extent it was like friendly stalking, right. but it still scared the shit out of me. And you'd still walk out kind of wondering if they've got yeah, eyes exactly. on you. Like, I mean, it, where it, are it, they? It, well, yeah, it's it was... just the most frightening thing. And you're a mom. And so you can – she 
you know, she had a four-year-old, and I, that is just, it brings oh up gosh. this absolute terror inside of me that there are other parents out there who might be subjected to this. So, um, you know, with that said, I'm pretty much on a mission. This happened um, in June of 2013. June, July is when the stalking started. Yeah, and now we have come to where we are full circle later where I think I have a stronger message about rules, laws needing to change, obviously. The police, um, one of the things I had sued for was that was accepted by the judge. This is a valid complaint was improper training and hiring and improper – guidance as to what they're supposed to be doing to right. serve to serve the law right and um and the nation as a whole is starting to take a real hard look at that you know unfortunately yeah uh, as we should and the way my trial unfolded some of the things that will come up later as to specifics um this police officer who was the one that really ended up uh, that's where I was victimized. I started to say that these two men targeted me they were my assailants but I was victimized by the system he had been sued before I don't know what for what reason right but at, you know, at a certain point, either their pension should be garnished if people have to ha- accept a payout because of their, you know, egregious actions, or um, there needs to be certain vetting, maybe better, as to who you who gets into the force. I don't know what the answer is, but it's going to become yeah. an epidemic. Well, possibly I mean, it already at some is. Point. I mean, at, the, at this point, right, we're going backwards in time with right. everything that's going on with police officers, and oh, I can't. Yeah. I, I just, it's a scary world we're living in right now, and you got so. dealt a really shitty hand, and I really hope. Hope that you know you, your story can help people, and I hope that you become a gazillionaire and you make a movie out of it, <laughs> and it's like Aaron Brockovich style, right? And everything's gonna be good. I really wish Aww, you so much thank luck. You. And tell us where you're working. You. Oh, I don't know. Should we say you're yeah. working at Republic? I am, and it's under my name, Dawn okay. Dalouise, which is D A L U I S E. And it, you can also find me if you look up Killer Facials. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, oh my god, killer facials, facials right? Oh my gosh, it's a fabulous idea my publicist came up with, and I thought it's not capitalizing on it because I'll tell you, interestingly, Brandy, that's I've been doing what I do for 23 years, long before Kyle Richards stumbled upon that strange mask. That right, she yeah, was yeah. Exposed I'm studying about skincare, so that's I, yeah. that's what I do. Yeah, and yeah. have been doing, and um, but I mix it with different. It's things. It's like lymphatic lymphatic drainage and microcurrent and exactly like all that stuff. And, and yeah. toning and tightening. Yeah, and I and everyone always says, oh my god, I feel like Cannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs, or oh, is am I going to be killed by the electricity? It really does. It does give you a temporary, like it's temporary. But I love that lift. That, that I've been to lift. her. I've been to her. She's lovely, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, but I go to. I try out everyone. All I'll, come to, I'll come see you next. I would love that. That would be I, really I nice. love. <laughs> I'm obsessed with skincare. You won't be killed, and you won't be. You won't be <laughs> stalked, and I won't. I will be happy to be seen with you. That is for sure. Oh. I mean, those people. I know. Just be. Just oh. be. Feel lucky that the people that. We're in your life that didn't really give a shit or out of your life now. It's a blessing. Yeah. And if it's your phone rings after this podcast, have somebody else answered if you don't recognize the number. <laughs> I never answer unrecognized <laughs> numbers. Don't worry. And I actually almost never answer my phone. So oh, unless well, it's one of my go. kids. There you and go. And my kid, just so everyone knows, he's six foot two. He lives in my house. And don't fuck with me. There's wow. always a really big, hot French guy there as well. So Good. There don't you come go. over. Right? <laughs> don't stalk me. <laughs> Nor with the pizzas with, right. for no reason. <laughs> unless we actually do like pizza, but yeah. it's all right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I wish you all the luck in the world. And your story is absolutely just so interesting to me. And thank God no one was murdered. I really thought someone got murdered. I think I read it wrong. Obviously, I read it wrong. I didn't have my reading glasses on. So I was like, I don't think I'd be sitting here if there was. No. But but to be in jail for 11 months, I I thought that there had been a real crime committed, which really 
they're the only real crime was against you. Yes, and, and I was holding insane. my ground. I was not going to say they were going to let me choose the felony. I could go through the penal code book, pick what you'll what you'll accept: robbery, you know, um, homicide. You know, you you go through the book and whatever you'll accept. We will let you go home if you sign off on it. Oh my God, it's so weird that that guy that he's been in here. He was represented yeah. by my agent. Oh my God, that's so weird. I'm going to call my <laughs> agent. Poor agent. Like, oh my God, what? <laughs> I know. Well, I yeah. No, the criminals will be lining now. up to get Alan, right? Alex Chapman's <laughs> phone. Number. I don't think he's. I don't. I'm pretty sure he's not representing that person anymore. But thank you so much for being here, You're and welcome, I will really. definitely come and see you at your um, at Republic. Well, wonderful. All right, and good thank luck with you. everything. Thank you so much. Have you checked out the big podcast with Shaq here at Podcast One? Yeah, we talk basketball, but we're a lot more than just sports. I met this fabulous lady. She's had to be in her 70s, knew everything about me, knew everything about sports. And the last thing she says, I love your podcast. And I'm wow. Like, oh, man. But I hate that John can <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Listen free to the big podcast with Shaq exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review Ugh. now seriously alec is kind of like in the middle of Central. every single like part of my life right now right it's weird because alec is representing denise richards yes. who is rumored to be on housewives but he's also representing me and i was they were talking to me as well and <laughs> he's also talking to i mean he represented the prego kid the pr- yes is that his name i think so and knew this woman. They, they all know each other. Like, I they cannot escape. Alec is Hollywood's like small... the ginge in the middle. Dude. He's like a, a ginger a ginger in the middle of a five dice. You is know, he like a, a dice. He's a ginger. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't, I've never actually met Alec in person. Oh, really? I've just waited for him to respond to my emails after four yeah. or five days. Yeah, he's, he's very busy. <laughs> <laughs> he has Denise Richards and me and, yes. and a lot of other people that he has to deal with. That's true. Um, so, yeah. Uh, very. Interesting, that Alec, but she's good. She's got a new practice. I know. I would just, I, I would be scared if I was her. I don't know why. Yeah, it feels like the mafia is out for you. I know. I what feel a like crazy. Also, why, being an esthetician, what a crazy business in West Hollywood for someone to like move in above you and then like try to take over and do all this weird. Like, you know how much work that I is. I think it's like people get like if she had Jennifer Aniston in there and she yeah. had other celebrities. In oh, there, she, people you want to get, capitalize like, on that? They get obsessed with celebrities. Yeah, people like, are crazy. They really are crazy. Even people who. Li- well, I've even had some listeners messaging me on Instagram about this show, and they are. Particularly dedicated. crazy. They're yeah. very cra- and I'm like, this is not your life. When you're crazy and you're dedicated to me. being crazy, <laughs> it is frightening. And I can only imagine the scale with but which you deal with. Did you find out? I don't. I don't do like I don't look at it anymore. But Twitter is now. So if you're threatening people on Twitter, yeah, the police are now taking it as a threat, Ooh. and they're going to people's houses and finding out where these people live and they're taking it like as a literal it's a literal threat now you shouldn't because it it is a public it it technically is is a public place even though it's the internet it's a public forum you know what i mean Domain. Yeah. you're not uh, yeah youtube comments about violence all these things this is we have to take this seriously as if to say that this person is performing in public and you are saying this out in public we do yeah because you can't hide in your no. mom's basement and be sad all the time and, and just I, talk no. about violence. I know exactly fair. where my biggest hater lives because 
you we've, we've found out. About yeah. This. So if yes. anything happens, I have her address. You're gonna you're gonna so, leave Mason in in yeah in taken on that person to go. I will find you. I will. <laughs> oh, this is all scary. I'm freaked it's out. It's not even Halloween yet, but it oh. is August. We're coming into the fall. Yes. Soon. And uh, Mason's in culinary camp. We're having like a little family, um, modern oh, family. Let's do an episode where we make him cook us dinner. That won't happen. He's lazy as f. I was like Mason. Why is he in culinary camp? Because he loves it to do it there, but he doesn't want to do it at home. Force him. I trust me. I've been his sous chef. There for? Well, he's like, I'm tired. I cooked all day, and they are. I'm tired. I go. You're like, yeah, it's fine. I just pushed you out of my womb and I work all day. No, don't don't worry. Don't worry about me. But they are cooking for (laughs) us tomorrow. We're all going to the camp. Oh, good. And we get it's here in L.A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so we'll have. I expect a full report back on my desk on Monday. Yeah, that will be happening, and um, yeah, that's uh, it. Weekend. Okay. Don't get hurt over the weekend. Okay. I'm not leaving in LA, so I you'll be fine. I can't get hurt anymore. I'm. You've got gloves done. on, and yeah, that was on purpose. So you should be like the bubble boy, like John Travolta. I Just really live in your little. All thing. my friends no say one that. Can touch you. Yeah. <laughs> all your friends say that. I need a bubble. Good. Um. All right. That's, that's it. it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Download new episodes at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.